Hey, it is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open here if you want to join us. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And nobody. And normally we have Chris with us. I uh, don't know where he's at tonight. There's usually a, a crypto meetup here in Keene on Friday evening. So perhaps he got distracted there. Hopefully all is well with him. Um, I just hope it wasn't a walrus. That's over my head. Uh, penguins get eaten by walruses ah, all the time. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, is this a Beatles reference? I, I don't know. cuckoo kachoo. Yeah. Uh, we actually have somebody on the line, nobody, to start the show. Uh, if you call in, we put you on the air. That's kind of what we do here on Free Talk Live. We, of course, also have stuff that we think you'll find interesting to talk about, but uh, it is a caller-focused show in a lot of ways, so we're going to bring Renee on the line here. Uh, he's calling us from Louisiana, and Renee, you called in before we even started the show, so what's on your mind tonight well i want to call another show but they're too like uh i mean i'm gonna call this show my, my thing is i have co-workers i have a variety of co-workers sometimes they're easy going and sometimes they're problematic my thing is about the shades of toxic masculinity you know there's the what, there's well hold the on but before you go on what is toxic masculinity well, I don't really know, but to my understanding, it's uh, like when you try to act masculine, but you do it in a uh, hostile or uh, tacky and unproductive way. When you act masculine, but do it in a hostile or unproductive, tacky, unproductive way. Okay. It's like, basically like, like, like something guys, that... Like guys, for, for example, like guys, oh, oh, my arm's bigger than yours. Hey, hey let, let, let's do... Even if you don't want to, I mean, it might be playful. Let, let, you know, they might come over, let's do uh, arm wrestling or, uh, hey, dude, and then somebody pushes on you. Like, like the, I mean, it's actually harassment in some ways, but, you know, like some mm-hmm. groups want to say any, any activity that resembles, some groups want to claim any activity that resembles Homoerotic uh, dominance games. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yeah. Chris is now well, joining but, us. Yeah, dominance games. Uh, but some people want to claim that, uh, any, you know, like some groups want to claim anything traditionally masculine, anyhow it's not a dominance game, is toxic masculinity. And then some people want to categorize all males as toxic those don't sound like a fun bunch of people. I don't think uh, fun people should hang out with them. No, it's basically no, I, I feminists and other unpleasant people. Yeah. Can, can I add one more element? Well, yeah, but well, I'm curious. What is it that made you bring this up as a topic tonight? Did something happen in your life where, you know, somebody Many brought time, this up? Several times, several times, especially with a co-worker. I drive a trash truck oh. and we have hoppers. I also was in the reserve. What's a hopper? Family. Is that the guy on the back of the truck? They hop along after the truck. Yeah, he did, you could say they hop on and off. Mm-hmm, okay. They push the can yep. where the can dumps, and then they work the machinery so it gets crushed in the back of the truck. So are you a driver or a hopper? I'm a driver. Got it. Also been in the military. I was a sergeant, and I had another sergeant that kind of had the same problem. My, I... I as a man, if another man comes with this, what they they say is toxic masculinity, we could always maybe fight or argue or let him, you know, push back. But my thing is when a uh, transgender 
man or an LBGT woman identifying as a man gets hostile and toxically masculine, with me, which happens several times in the workplace, it's uh, it's annoying. I mean, because if right, you give, get it, give me an example uh, from your life. You, you got this. I presume one of the hoppers is one of these people that you're saying is behaving in in this fashion. Yes, I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, I might be like, uh, yeah, I mean, they're bossy. They tell me, uh, they tell me off. They threaten me with violence, mm. and, and you know, it's like, you know, I. That's the. I'm not but saying can a woman be bossy? Are, are these male to male to female trans or uh, female to male trans? LBGT. They they didn't have the money to do the whole package. Okay, but, but well, they're all LGBT. But he's asking, were they born biologically yeah. male or female? Which direction are they headed? <laughs> well, they, it seemed like they want to head to the manly direction. So they were born mm. a woman and are presenting, if you will, as a man. Yes, and I've worked with different varieties of them. Sometimes they don't do that. They act like a co-worker should, polite, mm-hmm. helpful. Okay. But the ones I don't like is the set, the harassing ones because, like I said, again, legally, if two men come out with stuff like that, eh, you know where the cameras are, you might have a smack. But you do that to a woman, it's a different thing. I see what you you're know? saying. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that... Uh, just She's got a consent. Yeah, let me see if I'm following what you're saying. You're saying that a person born female who's transitioning to male, working with you on the garbage truck is acting like they've got something to prove as a, as a man, right? Although you want to act like a man, so I'm going to be a toxic man and just try to yeah, be yes, a total yes, jerk. Yes, that's, ex- yes, that's, that's happening in different work environments. At the and and plant, you don't want to beat this person home- like a redheaded stepchild because you still look at them and see a woman. Yeah. Well, it's, I don't like this activity come from, from nobody, but sure. I... I'm puzzled, except for screaming at the supervisor and complaining, I'm puzzled, like, how do you handle this? I mean, if she really hits me, you know, it may, I, I, tr- I have to restrain myself because legally the world ain't fair when you're dealing with a yeah, woman. Yeah. But if it's another guy, I could smack the hell out of him and say, look, leave me alone. We'll, we'll, we'll both shoot out toxic masculinity to each other across the head till you, somebody gives up. But these women sometimes, not all of them, but sometimes – they will tell you, I can't t- say it on the air, they will tell you, you the most inappropriate things. So what do you guys have any advice for Renee on what he should do mm-hmm. here? Well, I mean, <laughs> I would probably talk to this person. My uh, my best friend had a tough wife, and uh, she wasn't masculine particularly, but she was she was a tough little woman. And uh, and and she used to bust my balls for from time to time. And and we ended up agreeing to be at an eternal state of war so if we had to bitch bitch smack each other we would and we just settled that up front so uh so everybody knew that and and then i was comfortable with her um because she was like i don't care you know and she probably didn't she was a tough woman well at the hot sauce plant i'm not gonna stay because we're on the air but she told me something inappropriate and i matched her a different worker, and she ran 
Oh, Miss Bridget, oh, Miss Bridget, he's not talking to me like a lady. But what she told me was very manly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they're trying to play it so both she's ways. Tra- yeah, that's that's not good because that's, that's somebody trying to take advantage. Yeah, I would say if you are not having any success in having a conversation with these people, then I would no, say the best thing. Either that or find, you working. find yourself a great big woman and and say, look, you know, that this person's been doing me wrong and I can't do nothing about it, but you can. Um, <laughs> I, I got to supervise, I tried to. And, and the creepy thing about it is at the same time, they act. Like, they want to be masculine, but out of nowhere, sometimes they act jealous, and I, I get mm-hmm. confused as to, do they like me, or are they combating me as another man? Yeah, that's really frustrating. I'll tell you, watching watching guys do the little dominance games in jail, I couldn't tell whether they were trying to fight or have sex either sometimes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Thanks, Renee. Thank you for the call tonight. I do appreciate you bringing the, uh, the question up. If you want to weigh in on it, you're welcome to. Maybe you've had to deal with people like this. At work, apparently he's had it in multiple jobs. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And if you can't work something out with a coworker directly, then there's nothing wrong with going up the chain and saying, hey, I can't work with this person. You, you keep putting me with this hopper on the truck, and it's just not working out. They're going to hop right off. Yeah, I, you know, you either, you either move them off my truck or I'm moving on. I'm going to get another job. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here and bring in whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. And Chris. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And we invite you to join us online anytime you want. You can go to freetalklive.com to do that. Also, want to make sure you know about Bitcoin.com. You're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. Now might be a good time, especially since the price has dropped a little bit in the last day or so. It had been kind of sitting at around $24,000 over the last couple weeks, but all of a sudden it dropped down to about $21,000. So it's, it's on sale right now if you want to get the details on how this whole thing works. Uh, you should go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started right there at the top of the page, and they will take you through some of the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can buy your first cryptos there through Bitcoin.com. You can get the latest news headlines over at News.Bitcoin.com, which is their news site. We're going right into your phone calls here. James is on the line in Portland, Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live watching us on Twitch. Go ahead, James. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to call in and ask you... Um have you been experiencing um, people who have been ardent supporters of the COVID lockdowns and the mandates and so on and so forth, um, them outright denying that various things like lockdowns and mandates have happened throughout the past two years? Because that's what I've wow. noticed. I've seen it on Twitter. I haven't, I haven't known anybody personally like that because – when when somebody's a controlling and cowardly freak, I tend to make a point of not knowing them personally. Um, yeah, but- I mean, those people, I presume, do exist in Keene, New Hampshire, which tends to be kind of a liberal town, but they're not real 
obvious about that, I guess. There's not like some sort of uh, a protest or whatever going on pro-COVID yeah. restrictions at the moment. I but, mean, there were a few people who threw me out of restaurants, but I never saw them again because I never went back even right. after the COVID thing was over. But it's probably a way different situation living in a town like Portland, Oregon, uh, where I imagine you're surrounded by people like this, James. What's it What's it like out there? Oh, it is exactly as you would imagine. I'm absolutely surrounded by people like this. There's still mandates in place. Um, in many places, you still have to wear a mask, and you will get harassed and chased out of places if you refuse to. But they're that denying Why are you still there? Oh, hold on. Before we get to that question, nobody, but these people are now in a state of denial. They're saying that those restrictions never happened? Yes. In, um, yeah. You know, I think what? it's beyond denial. It's gaslighting. Uh, I've yeah. encountered many people. Um, primarily online, but even in person, who said that there were never any lockdowns, uh, that no one was forced to get the vaccine, uh, and so on and so forth. And they, they play little disingenuous word games. And like, for instance, they'll say no one was forced. Yeah, technically, it might not have been forced, but it was coercion, which is a step beneath force. When you say um, coercion, are you referring to like people in the medical industry or certain corporate jobs that were told you either quit your job or you get the vaccine? Yes, exactly that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it wasn't just an employment; it was, um, you know, uh, in schools. You know, mm-hmm. from from, you know. Uh, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of a lot more lying leftists than usual lately. Um, I have had some of those conversations where, uh, no, nobody was forced to get the vaccine. Well, yeah, they did this, this, and this. Oh, well, that's not forcing them. Um, but uh, and then there's some some more obvious things like uh, you know I happened to uh, to take a lot of economics classes when I was um, when I was in college, and uh, a recession has always been defined as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this year, uh, they, uh, they started, we went into a recession this year, and, they, and, and the lying leftists started saying, oh, it's not a recession. Two, mu- two, qu- two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth isn't really an ex- a recession. Not a single one of them, however, has been able to tell me what is the definition right. of, of yeah. a recession. Then it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like that. What is a woman movie? Which was, which was. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Um, so, James, I think we can get to nobody's other question now. Is why are you still in Portland? I'm working on getting out now. Okay, I've I've set up roots here, but I'm working on getting out now. Groovy. I was I was gonna say you got a lot more tolerance than I do. I would have <laughs> um, if I I would have either gotten out of there. I would have ended up in prison for bitch smacking somebody. <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to share about your experience tonight? That was the gist of it, you know. Um, I think this whole two-year experience has been really telling about human psychology, and and this is like almost the equivalent of like learning what what was revealed from the Milgram experiments that most people are Mm. are sheep. Yeah, well, it's also (laughs) convinced me uh, in a big way that we need a national divorce. Absolutely. Yeah. James, uh, just another question for you. Are you a liberty-minded person? How would you describe yourself? Yes, I would describe myself as 
uh, a left libertarian, but I'm just moving further away from the left after, after you know, the Covidians. Have you considered, uh, when you leave Portland, have you considered migrating to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? That's that's an option. Yeah. There's, uh, I'll tell you, it's it makes a huge difference when you're when you're embattled to actually have a group of people on your side and a growing group of people. So, um, yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, uh, we we hope you make it out and join us. Yeah, yeah. come check out the uh, Pokemon Freedom Festival in Forkfest if you're uh, possibly interested see what it's like up here or just come up anytime there's always things going on here in new hampshire all across uh, southern new hampshire every single day of the week i think there's multiple oh, yeah. events uh, that are happening the free state project has a calendar up on their website at uh, fsp.org and james uh wish you the best man thanks for the call tonight good luck it. to you and yeah there is a lot of gaslighting going on uh, Define gaslighting know. for me. Gaslighting, it, it's... Because people a, trot that word out a lot, and I, sometimes I'm just like, come on. It's it's a term that comes from from a movie called Gaslight, mm-hmm. and it was this, this, uh, this husband who was playing a bunch of tricks on his wife... And he, in order to convince her that she was, crazy. That she was lo- losing her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so gaslighting, you know, if you if you scream at somebody five times to get out of the store uh, during the covid and six months later, he, ha- he for some reason decides to come back and you say, I never did that. Th- I mean, that that I would I would describe that as, mm. as gaslighting. I see. Um is it possible that these people are actually that crazy? Like that they're not doing it on purpose, that they actually have sort of blocked that out of their minds yeah. and they really don't want to believe that they went through that. It, it is possible, although I'm convinced that it's 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 coming intentionally from some quarter because mm-hmm. I think a lot of what the leftists are, they were manipulated into becoming by the monsters in government. There's more on the way. Your calls are welcome here. The number is 603-283-6160. Whatever you want on Free Talk Live. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live. The number, if you want to join us here, it's 603-283-6160. Coming up, Chris has a story that sounds pretty weird about bathroom monitoring technology. <laughs> it gets weirder. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the half of it. I have not heard any of the details. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. And the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. There's a story that I've held here. It's like an opinion piece from the Wall Street Journal by Greg Ip. I-P is his last name. uh, That I've been holding on here for some number of weeks because 
Well, the Bitcoin price has been down for a little while now. And when I say down, I mean down as compared to roughly the last year or oh, yeah. year and a half. Uh, so if you if you go back a year ago, the price was over forty thousand, maybe forty five, forty seven thousand dollars a year ago at this time. Uh, and so right now it's quote unquote down compared to that. However, the price as of now is also up compared to pretty much the majority of the history of Bitcoin. If you go back two years, the price was at that time closer to $10,000. So it is still up compared to two years ago, but quote unquote down compared to now. So you always want to zoom out whenever you're looking at the, the Bitcoin price. You don't want to look at just the last week or the last month. You want to look at the last 10 years and see you know what that price is. Uh, has been doing of course over time it has trended upwards but uh, this story headline at the wall street journal crypto meltdown exposes hollowness of its libertarian promise (laughs) and and now there's been a lot of hit pieces written about cryptocurrency and bitcoin over the years hundreds of them in fact Uh, but you know this one's a little bit unusual because it specifically attacks libertarianism at the same time that it's attacking uh, cryptocurrency so i thought it was a, that made it kind of a special level of uh of hit piece yeah it's definitely uh it, they're coming out and saying it sounds like you know uh what they're you know indirectly implying it elsewhere in other hit pieces yeah well that may be true and we certainly don't read every hit piece here on free talk live because there's too many of them but every now and then it's fun to, to trot one of them out and oh for sure and and look at what they're they're claiming so greg writes At the Wall Street Journal, to its advocates, cryptocurrency is at its heart a libertarian project to free mankind from the shackles of government. And I think we would all agree with that That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Most of all, its power to debase a, quote, fiat, unquote, currency by printing more of it. Do Kwan, the South Korean uh, creator of the stablecoin TerraUSD, regularly equated fiat currency to state violence. By the way, this, I think, was written after Terra took its big fall. Um, I wouldn't call it violence. It's more like counterfeiting. Yeah. Although they do, it is Mm. necessary to pay for all of their endless, pointless wars. It certainly backs state violence. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they they couldn't go to war in the same way, if at all, if they didn't have the ability to just print money. Yeah. So this is one of the reasons why those of us who really you know believe in the idea of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and uh, want to get the get this concept out there, one of the things that motivates us is to end the violence of the state, to end mm-hmm. endless war. And of course, the other thing is you've got a lot of bankers out there who have uh, violently enforced monopolies. Though. They'll throw regular people in prison for offering uh, any kind of a financial service. Um, well, with one of the things that Bitcoin gives us is a chance to uh, to bank the unbanked, people who just can't afford to have a, a bank account at the prices the bankers charge. Or they're just sick of the bankers. Um, or, oh, yeah. or, they're, or they're sick of getting robbed by the bankers. And, you know, now they can do it for... Uh, for pennies 
Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it feels to me like being anti-Bitcoin is kind of selfish or anti-crypto, you know, or anti-alternative, you know, currencies. Mm-hmm. Um, is basically what you're you're doing is you're you're advocating for a monopoly, um, which keeps out certain segments, of, you know, of the mm, certain people from the marketplace, effectively. Um, and mm-hmm. as you're you're talking about yeah. un, unbanked people, but um, you know, which mm-hmm. basically just means. Uh, you know, they don't have bank accounts or mm-hmm. they can't have a bank account because either government, usually, usually it's probably mostly government, um, is preventing that from happening. And, you know, mm-hmm. financial institutions are highly regulated. Um, so if, if the government even looks at the banks, you know, in a, mm-hmm. fu- in a way, you know, at a certain group funny, um, mm-hmm. like sex workers, for example, mm-hmm. um, the banks immediately cut off sex worker and they've done this they've done this in the last i think five years or, or so. marijuana shops or or marijuana Bitcoin shops or, and, yeah. and of course it, it also makes it hella expensive because it it takes uh it costs a lot of money to comply with a, a lot of these you know pointless regulations sure. that they have the regulations are basically there so that if you're not of the class of people who has a gang of lawyers you just can't get involved in any kind of business. Yeah. Um, other good examples probably involve, you know, if, if you've ever, you know, the IRS has ever tried to audit you or whatever and something wasn't dotted, you know, you dot the I across the T, you know, that's another good example. I'm pretty sure where they'll uh, freeze accounts and and mm-hmm. probably keep you out of the banking system, too. So his story goes on. He says, but Hunter Biden can bank. Amazing. <laughs> so when inflation took off, crypto supporters were triumphant. Bitcoin's value, quote, is telling us that the central banks are bankrupt, that we are at the end of the fiat money regime, unquote. That according to venture capitalist and Bitcoin investor Peter Thiel saying back in April. And then a funny mm-hmm. thing happened. As the Federal Reserve responded to rising inflation by raising interest rates, and I love how they act as though the Federal Reserve is just responding to inflation. That, that it's yeah, not the it creator never, It didn't it. cause it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. uh, he says, fiat currency rallied big time. Bitcoin has fallen 30% against the dollar since Thiel's comments. Terra USD, which was supposed to trade one for one with the dollar, now trades eight for one. And by the way, this is an old article. This was written, I think, in the midst of the Terra uh, the Terra mm-hmm. collapse. That thing is is oh, wow. completely okay. collapsed basically at, at this point. I think it's uh, last I looked was like at around two cents when it's mm-hmm. supposed to be a dollar. <laughs> so that thing is is uh, kaputs. But it was an interesting experiment. But claiming claiming that today's price of of Bitcoin is proof that Bitcoin is going to take over the world, no matter how high Bitcoin happens to be in the moment, is is like saying that a hot day proves global warming. Mm. Uh, it it just it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't make sense. People right. have uh, speculated on many things that haven't taken over the world. There are good reasons to believe that crypto is is valuable. You know, but the momentary price really isn't one of them. You know, and this is the thing. It's like even even if Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrencies as we have them now are not perfect, which I certainly wouldn't argue that they are. I no never way. argued that. And I don't think Definitely anybody not. who... who it's been a, is awful. It's been a bumpy road <laughs> right. getting businesses around here to accept sure. cryptocurrency. It, it's not perfect, but yeah. it's it's what it is the it's the potential mm-hmm. it's 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 um it's the first bitcoin specifically is the first implementation of something that has been mm, talked about in uh what were the, the crypto the, um, uh, punks cypherpunks yeah cypherpunks um, have talked about for decades for right? 
decades. I mean, I remember back in the nineties, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, it, you know, it was something that would be awesome, you know, uh, to see, but you know, it never happened. It never came to be, you know, until, I mean, it, I mean, it did, but it took a, it took long, a time, long time, right? Well, think about, you know, you talk about the nineties, let's talk about the first time or the first number of years of the internet, right? Like the right. earlier years of the internet, there was no graphical user interface. You did everything on a oh, command God, line. Nice. Okay, so I hate <laughs> I mean, nobody. You're a programmer, so of course that you feel right at home in a in a situation like well, that. Well, there are those who don't. There are people who can only who can only program by uh, you know dragging things around in, in a GUI. It's yeah, just okay. I don't talk to that sort of programmer. <laughs> much. Um, I might call him a programmer. <laughs> yeah. But that's how it used to be. Yeah, and. Then it got more user friendly over time. Right. Technology right. improves. This uh, is the first implementation. Yeah. You know, think of it as 1.0. I'm still waiting for 2.0, let alone 3.0. I don't even think Bitcoin's out Maximalists of Maximalists are crazy. Nobody's going to use 1.0 forever. There's more coming up here in moments. I don't even think Bitcoin's at 1.0. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, uh, one of the critics over at the Wall Street Journal, his name is Greg Ip, is on the attack against not just cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, but also libertarianism. He says the crypto meltdown exposes the hollowness of its libertarian promise. I'm so shocked to have a prostitute say that. Yeah, we'll get deeper into it coming up here uh, in moments. Also, want to make sure that you know about Freedom's Phoenix, and that is where you can go to get some of the uh, the latest headlines from people that actually care about liberty. It's your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. It's today's headlines in one place. From a fresh libertarian perspective, you can find it over at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. As we continue with this story here from uh, the Wall Street Journal. So they're talking about the, the, the recent crash, quote-unquote, of Bitcoin. Remember, we always say zoom out. It's only 20,000 times what it was when I first encountered it. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know the funny thing about the crash, right? Yeah. Is that they never take that into, um, uh, I want to say perspective, not perspective, but um, a context, right? Because it, it, if you know, if the stock market did this, right, okay, the world would be over. But when crypto or Bitcoin does it, it it's not no, if because the stock it's gone, market was up twenty. Th- uh, twenty thousand fold over right. the last decade. Right, and, and this is the this is the point. High. This is the point, right? Like if you if you put your money into Bitcoin, you know, uh, a decade ago, right, you're still doing unbelievably well. If Versus you put money if you in put it money two years ago, market, you're doing well. But right, and and that's yeah. the that's the point that I'm making, right? Like yeah. it, it it if you look at it in the very short term, yes, it it's not great, but it's not really that bad either as long as you just you know you're not getting out or whatever because ultimately you only lose when you sell right, right. <laughs> exactly yeah. um 
It's yeah. or at least at least sell in the short term, right? So yes. and the press only looks at the short term. They right. only look at what happened this week or what happened this month or whatever. They don't go yep. back and they don't have perspective. But regardless, he And when it's doing well, they generally don't talk about it at correct. all. Correct. <laughs> uh so this guy is saying that uh that it's somehow proof that the libertarian promise has been a failure. And he brings up Terra USD, which was a stable coin, what but is different from your typical stable coin in that it was what was called an algorithmic stable coin yeah. and there's an interesting that's theory. what we call bad plan well it was an interesting plan i gotta say it caught my attention uh i talked about it on the air on more than one occasion because it was rising up and it had risen into the top 10 of the the world's mm-hmm. most popular cryptocurrencies it was like getting into number eight or whatever when it first took its big hit and it yep. went it completely crashed but there's a theory that the world bankers and the world governments targeted Terra for a takedown Mm -hmm. that they did not want this thing existing because basically Mm -hmm. one of the key differences between it and your typical stablecoin for listeners that don't know a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency token that is backed by something supposedly there's Mm -hmm. like with with the uh, the normal stable coins coins are supposedly dollars in a bank account so with uh, USDT or USDC they supposedly have dollars or the equivalent of dollars in some sort of investment account or bank account that they could go to if somebody said i want to get dollars from for my stable coins um but and most of them are not audited some are some aren't yeah Yeah. i've at least not to my knowledge usdt is sort of uh secretive about their Mm. their backing usdc is supposedly audited uh from Mm. what i understand and both of them are centrally controlled both of them are completely regulatable and controlled by uh, the state to some extent. And that's what set Terra USD and some of the other algorithmic stablecoins that are trying to now best what Terra yeah. had, had done. Because this, this game ain't over yet. Oh, no. Uh, but Dude, that's this, what this they were like trying to do. This is like early alpha. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is one of the crazy things like to, to say, oh, you know, algorithmic stablecoins can't work or whatever. It's like... This is the first time I think it's even like they we've even had anything that was a stable well, coin that was not uh not backed by you know that was actually well, right right let let me tell you why it's a mathematical impossibility basically what wait what's a mathematical uh, an algorithmic stable to, coin to have oh, okay, a enough. permanent a foolproof permanent st- uh, stable coin and the problem is whatever the problems are hard whatever to solve whatever your algorithm is okay. It's based on assumptions Mm -hmm. because you have to be keeping value in something in order to have it to return. If you keep it in dollars, um, then then it's then it's one for one. If you keep it in anything else, then that thing can conceivably go down uh, against the dollar, even mm-hmm. gold, yeah, sure. could go down. We could be hit by a golden aster- asteroid. There's talk you about know, that. Um, I mean, it, it's interesting because everything, everything is always. You know, it's funny when we talk about stable. You know, we say use the word stable because it, it, mm-hmm. every currency, you know, it's it, there isn't a stable currency, right? Like no, nothing the dollar is stable. Everything stable. is always fluctuating. Sure, with it's an illusion else, right? to call it stable, right? They um, should they should say tethered. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess what I'm saying is no matter how good you think your assumptions are, that tether is always going to be tenuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, risky. And the, it's and, very and risky. The, right. And I, I think it's 
I, I think the idea is effectively to keep it. It's it's not so much keep it stable or tethering it to the dollar, but to keep it, uh, you know, in line with uh, in relation to. I think in the economics you'd call it like a basket of either currencies or a basket of. Um, well, I don't know uh, if there. Are, I know that uh, was, which is something that's been done by people like the World Bank, and that's had troubles too. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's probably something like that out there. That was originally Facebook's plan was mm. they were going to come up with this bu- this basket of currencies that they were going to create their own, quote unquote, stable coin that would be associated right, with. Right. But All you the, need is a bunch of currencies that always go up against the dollar and your problem is solved. But then the government stepped in and said, yeah, we're not going to let you do that. And they stopped. So that never came to market. It never came to fruition. I don't know if there's anything else out there that's trying that. That's a good, yeah. good question. And- Most stable coins right now are tied to one specific asset. So it's either the dollar or the euro or an ounce of gold. They're actually mm-hmm. gold and silver sure. based uh stables as well. And I think, and I think that is I think that's better to fix it to to one thing mm-hmm. and let other people decide, well, I think this thing that they're fixed uh fixed at uh fixed on is is underpriced right now so i'm gonna invest in in their coin and i think this other thing that's backing another coin is overpriced right now so i'm gonna short it i think there were some issues with terra if i recall um that i was concerned about well the going yeah, bankrupt thing was yeah. definitely an but issue. but um backing up um it was based on certain other technologies that were still in their infancy and those are i believe what led to part part of what led to terra's downfall if i recall correctly ultimately um, what i think led to terra's downfall was the market just freaking out and it, it i think it would have worked if people had acted more rationally but they didn't and you can't expect sure. them to mm-hmm. uh and there was just this pile-on effect where everybody went and sold and yeah they, wasn't you know wasn't there a bug though in something that terra was connected to that also was the start of it I don't know anything about that. No, there was there's like this whole conspiracy theory about what kicked this thing off. And the theory is that it was, you know, BlackRock and these big mm-hmm. investment uh, government connected bankers and that well, sort of thing. They, they can definitely do that. I mean, I think one of the reasons they've got a lot of money to throw that, around. Well, they do. They've got a lot of dollars and they can just print more if they yeah. want. Yeah. Well, so, um, and they don't want they, I, what they don't want is yeah. they don't want algorithmic stablecoins to succeed right, because it basically means that whoever mm-hmm. the creators are of these algorithmic stablecoins then is able to print money into so, existence without actually counterfeiting the dollar because they're not counterfeiting mm-hmm. dollars, they're just making tokens that are yeah. valued at a dollar. Let me let me which back up a moment. Akin to violating the the law of conservation of energy, which is why I say it can't be done on uh, uh, reliably on the long term. So, so one of the things I just want to point out here is that you can have both both things be true, right? You could have a bug that was exploited, and then a, a group of people who took advantage of that to scare sure. everybody, which caused the crash, right? So, there there can be multiple factors here at, at play. Well, they did and, and frequently, even when somebody's uh, when somebody's business plan doesn't make sense, frequently their their stock doesn't cat doesn't um, doesn't uh, crash until that one thing happens, mm. and and that ends up being the impetus that pushes it over the edge. So he says, uh, perhaps this is just another of crypto's many temporary downdrafts, or perhaps rising interest rates have exposed the hollowness of crypto's libertarian promise. And honestly, I don't know what the hell an interest rate would have anything to do with whether or not cryptocurrency 
goes up um, or down. Interest rate? Well, the interest rates are are related to how much money they're printing because to keep interest rates low, you have to stand ready to lend an infinite amount of money at that rate. There's more coming up here in moments. Hour number two is on the way, and you can share your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. We're kicking off the second hour of the show. The phones are open. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Chris. And nobody. You can join us online anytime you want. We do have our social media platform there that is a Mastodon-based system. That means it's open source. It's self-hosted. That means we're running the server. And it's not some big tech, mega-corporate thing. We set the rules, and our rules are you got way more freedom to, to speak, to express yourself there than and elsewhere. Speaking of more more freedom to uh, to express yourself, I wanted to mention something while I was thinking about it, so I didn't forget. Which is tomorrow night we're going to be doing the inaugural inaugural episode of Beard Talk Live, and that'll um, be after Free Talk Live is over. It'll start at roughly we're going to say ten. But we didn't really set a start time for that, did we? Um, not really. I would I would say uh, let's go with ten thirty. Ten thirty. Yeah, because yeah. we usually need a few um, minutes to do the show archives afterwards. But basically, this is this is one of uh, many examples of of what we call Freer Talk Live. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh, direct to internet. It isn't broadcast over the airwaves. And as a result of, of that, we're able to be much more relaxed in the language that, we're, that we use or, yes. uh, you know, whether we have hookers or blow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and basically, it's, it's, it's kind of a different vibe. And it's going to be myself, um, the captain... And uh, Peakless Mountaineer. Yeah, and, and you guys actually were on the air a few weeks ago when I was off on Saturday night. It sounded like you had a good time together. So I think yeah, it'll be we a have good, a really good chemistry. Yeah. It's kind of a different vibe. Right. Um, and a bearded vibe as well. It's true. <laughs> all three of you have noteworthy beards, I guess you could say. It's true. We Oh, wow, we should eat clams one night so we can have the... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to get that caught in my beard. 
Mm. It's sitting in there. Um, Hey, uh, so check them out tomorrow night. That's 1030 Eastern Time, Beard Talk Live. It's going to be, like you said, not on the radio, which means that you'll need to watch it on our video stream over at video.freetalklive.com. Of course, you can also just listen to the audio. You don't have to sit there and, and watch it if you don't want to. But uh, but I think mm-hmm. Odyssey is probably going to be the primary streaming platform for that. So once again, that's mm-hmm. video.freetalklive.com. Are we still on uh, Twitch and It'll be and on Twitch. It'll be on DLive. Well. Okay. YouTube, however, has us banned at the moment. We, uh, we received a second strike recently. So Screw we're, you. For yeah, what? We're, we're off uh, another quote-unquote <laughs> medical misinformation. Gosh. They They never get specific. We told the truth again. Yeah. And they wanted us to lie. Uh, so that's we're off YouTube for at least another month. It looks like late September we might be able to come back on there. So, I, I, I wish people would just stop going back to YouTube. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, there's a lot of content over at, uh, at Odyssey, so folks really ought to check that out. Uh, but anyway, it's video.freetalklive.com. And if you want to get on our social media platform, go to social.freetalklive.com. Speaking of that, nobody, did you ever get back, uh, back over there with your account? Uh, I did get my account uh, set back up. I got my password reset. I haven't really been on since I did it. Got it. Uh, Yeah, check that out. Social.freetalklive.com. So we were talking about cryptocurrency, an attack piece by the Wall Street Journal from several, um, a couple months ago, actually. Uh, This gentleman uh, attacking not only crypto itself, but also what he describes as it's the hollowness of its libertarian promise. And so I'm going to continue this article. He says, Bubbles are a regular byproduct of our financial system. From dot-com stocks in the late 90s to subprime mortgages in the mid-2000s. Specifically, bubbles are, and, and obviously things will always go up and down, but in order to get a real bubbling effect going, uh, the way to do that is have your government print a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's like, you know, feeding feeding crack to small children. It just has all kinds of crazy effects on the market. She says, uh, crypto was different. It sought to replace the financial system altogether with one that was faster, cheaper, less under the thumb of government, and more accessible to the poor. And again, where, when he points <laughs> out something that is correct... Mm-hmm. I think he deserves some credit. That is definitely the pitch yeah. behind cryptocurrency. That's what brought and people like us And it's something that a lot of people oh. have ignored is the is the possibility that of of banking the poor, the possibility yeah, of but, and and of letting people who are unfortunate enough to live in places like Venezuela or Africa or or, or different places in Africa yeah. at different times. Zimbabwe has been an example, you know, where they don't even have a way to store value at all sure um and that means that that unless they can accumulate land or something which most people uh can't in those countries making a dollar a day or less in some uh, yeah cases. well well there's that but also there, there's a great book by uh by an economist uh, a peruvian economist but who's ironically named hernando de soto mm. yeah i um, read one of his books and uh, it's called the mystery of capital mm-hmm. and and basically it talks about why uh why a lot of people fail in these markets and one reason is frequently even if they've built a house they don't actually own the land that their house is on and that means that they can't uh get a mortgage against it mm-hmm. uh which is one of the one of the major things that allows 
uh, people in places like America to, for example, start a business. A lot of times, they'll, the first step toward that's mortgaging your house so you have enough money to get started. Sure. Yeah, he wrote, I forget which book. Somebody sent me one of his books when I was in jail last year for the Crypto Six. And I don't think it was the one that you're talking about, but it was, I wish I could remember the title of it. It was really interesting and like kind of pretty economic, but also still written within grasp of, you didn't have to be like a scholar or whatever to actually pick it up mm-hmm. and read it. So I thought it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I find his, I, I liked his writing style and, and I really, that had always been a big question mark. Why don't, why don't people in other countries do what, what we do? and uh or what some people here do um yeah i want to find out what that book when i figure it out i'll I'll let you know here uh, in a little bit so the article says it has had 13 years to make that case again the case being that crypto would replace the financial system with something faster cheaper less under the thumb of government and more accessible to the poor and it has failed wait a minute hold on a second <laughs> how, how, what was what was visa visa and mastercard what was the market cap of uh Credit cards. Thirteen, 13 years, years, years many, after yeah. they I mean, were invented. What other, Not much. What other currency has spread all over the globe outside the U.S. dollar and increased twenty fold? Right. Yeah. In I 10 mean, years. the only complaint that this guy has about it is that it was six. Uh, you know, it was sixty thousand yeah. times what it was when I first encountered it, and now it's only twenty thousand <laughs> right times up. Twenty thousand hundred percent. Every time it's crashed, you know, every time they scream it's about it crashing, it just goes up even higher, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe not immediately, but give Might it a couple years time. and it, it's gone up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more than tripled each time. Yeah, prostitutes like this guy have predicted ten thousand of the last zero deaths of Bitcoin. <laughs> El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender last September. So we're coming up on a one-year mark for that, by the way, and heavily subsidized its adoption. Usage has since plunged. Only 20% of companies in El Salvador accept it, and less than 5% of sales are conducted in Bitcoin, according to an April study. That's 5%, still not bad. That's kind of an amazing percentage. Yeah. I mean, what in, in the U.S., it's probably a fraction of yeah. 1%. Right. Yeah. So. This, is, this is the crazy thing. that like They, they take a look at examples of things mm. that are like, okay, yes, the numbers are small, but they're huge relative to you know anything else that you might compare it to. So yeah. I mean, imagine if you started a business and 12 years later, your revenues accounted for 12% of the revenues in whatever country you were in. You think you were doing pretty well. Oh, yeah. yeah. The number here is 603-283-6160. Now, there are problems with the El Salvador situation. Oh, yeah, the number sure. one problem is it's coercion. Uh, yeah. The government is forcing people there or threatening them. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160, or at least they could if they wanted to. They said they weren't going to force people. And so far, it doesn't seem like they have. We're coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us right here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Article over at the Wall Street Journal from late May that I've been holding on to here. I think, uh, you know, because you guys would be a good night for this. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we all care a lot about cryptocurrency here on Free Talk Live. And this guy says it's had 13 years to make the case (laughs) that it should replace the financial system with something faster, cheaper, and less under the thumb of government and more accessible to the poor. And it has failed. And I think he made a great point, nobody. How far along was the credit card companies 13 Mm -hmm. years into their new technology? Yeah, I mean, basically, the banks have been scamming people since the Roman Empire. So they've got the scamming thing down. Um, And, uh, you know, and the, the problem... The the problem with with uh, with crypto is it's actually a harder problem than they're faced with solving because when the bankers lose their money, the government gives it back to them. Mm. Uh, they're not going to do that with us. Yeah, That's right. And and, and and people have to remember Visa and Mastercard. They don't dominate the planet. There's actually other payment systems around the world, like Asia, China. You know, they've mm. got a payment system. Um, I believe Russia has another payment system. There's uh, Europe has another uh, p- different type of payment system too. Mm. Um, and it, it's even different. There's different payment systems within. So I mean, people in the United States think Visa, Mastercard's everywhere, but that's actually not true. It's Yes, you will be they able to use it. Well, you can They're get, fairly ubiquitous. You can, in, they can take them well, anywhere because well, they well, have agreements so with other So a lot networks. of, back up a moment, because a lot of places that you will travel, uh, like touristy places, they will have Visa and MasterCard accepted, mm-hmm. but that doesn't but necessarily mean- they don't take mean, American Express. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the, point, the, the point is simply that if you start to go off the beaten path, you will find that a lot Less of, of them. Uh, yeah, it, you won't find it. Like it that makes sense. It, it goes down drastically in terms of the adoption. And a lot of countries, mm-hmm. you know, people don't even have debit cards or credit cards. Um, you know, sure. it's it's this is a, this is something that is. It, I don't want to say it's it's only in the United States. Obviously, it's not. There's other countries like Canada and the Europe. UK. And, well, that's why it would be hard. It's hard I know to a good get portion businesses. of Europe, but it's still way less in Europe than it is in the United States. That's why it's a challenge, or it would have been a challenge, to get businesses to accept cre- uh, credit cards back in the day. Because why would a business want to give up three percent or whatever the rate was back then of their mm. profits? Or three percent of more their more the percent of their profit three percent of their revenue. I'm pretty uh, sure they weren't charging that three percent fee when they like started. like an introductory fee. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. I would I would imagine that that was something that that developed after they had already shifted the the economic reality. Startup uh, startup often don't make money initially and then sure. they, they come up with a business well, model later, I think so. they were making money but I think they had a different different business model well it started off with um, I believe uh, business uh, I believe it was uh, hotels and restaurants it was maybe? diners club weren't they the um, first one yes I do yeah. believe and mm-hmm. it was it was definitely not this you know it was accepted everywhere kind of thing it was accepted almost nowhere of course and it was targeted at business uh, traveling salesmen so. I want to see mm-hmm. a history I've never actually it's always just been something we've talked about i've never actually seen the numbers on it i would love to see a history of the penetration of de- of yeah. uh, credit cards by decade or by a year or whatever how long did it take before they hit 10 percent penetration or i mean you know 50 percent i know i know and back, what is it today because there are still right, businesses right. that will not take them it's right true. now in keen in the, in, Keene, <laughs> yep, yeah. in the united states sure um it's yeah. certainly true and most people can't take credit cards sure. if you want to Pay the kid who sure. mows your lawn. Not an option. You know, not an option. 
But, hey, if he's got a cell phone, he could take crypto if he wanted to. Indeed. Uh, There's a gentleman in the chat room. We are still, for whatever reason, Facebook has not banned the stream. Uh, So (laughs) Sam Damewood says, it's great stuff, but it isn't money. Can't spend it anywhere near here. You can, send, you can definitely spend it mm-hmm. online. I mean, this is like saying, you know, Diners Club was useless, you know, in the early days just because you couldn't spend it, you know, at Walmart. I mean, yes, maybe not, but you could spend it at restaurants and hotels mm-hmm. and for a traveling salesman uh, who, you know, spends a lot of time in hotels and restaurants. And there, I think there was some sort of reward associated with that. It did make sense for them. So, and it made sense mm-hmm. for the restaurants because places that took Diners Club would get more business as a result of it. So, it, yeah. it, and, and that's still one of the sales pitch for and, accepting credit cards is that it will increase your yeah. profits, it'll increase your business. It's, and it's like any, any business, though, in that when you start a business, you know, if some tiny fraction of humanity, finds whatever service you're offering useful you you can you can make a living off Mm -hmm. that you know but but to to expect any business to take over the world not gonna happen 12 years is just stupid yeah absolutely uh, the other thing I would say to him on this is one of the best reasons why it can't crypto can't be categorized as money is because it's not stable. And generally, when when you think about well, mo- money, you think about something that's that's stable. But it is something that can exchange well, value. The dollar is only stable against the dollar. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and currencies, and you kind of have to. Bitcoin is a hundred percent stable yep. uh, against Bitcoin. You have to really <laughs> compare it against. Uh, yeah. Uh, currencies in general, I think not. I don't know if it's fair to compare well, you it against compare it against the dollar what it buys. specifically. You can right? compare it against what it buys, and sure. and Bitcoin buys well, a lot 22, more now. Two thousand yeah. bitcoins bought a pizza right. twenty years ago, or however long ago. So by it was. that definition, it's not stable. You don't get the same amount of pizzas yeah. for a bitcoin as you I mean, do well, today. I would rather have something going up than have it stable. Oh, I agree with you. I I'm mean, not... people, people, people will say, "Oh, well, Bitcoin isn't good money because it goes up and." down and i'm like are you saying that the dollar is good money because it always goes down i'm not saying i'm not saying that i know certainly but if you look at a question go online look up what are the factors you know what defines money there's usually a few different factors and one of them is generally the idea of stability that that you know that today you're going to be able to spend x amount of bitcoin and get x amount of soda pop from you know the local i think that's not true of any currency i think that i think a counter argument here against that really ian is that if you look at say the canadian dollar right normally we think of the canadian dollar as stable too but it dropped 40 percent over a couple of years is that is that now just that came down twenty five percent. Right? Whatever, is that right? not? Are those not? Yeah, the euro is that, almost at parity with the dollar. Correct. Is now. that not money though? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think stability has anything to do with the definition of of money. What makes something money is uh, wide acceptance. Okay, and and I obviously, even, I don't even think it has to be wide. Bitcoin acceptance. does not have. Well, I mean. It's it depends on how you define the market, also, right? I mean, because you what you could say are you saying only the U.S. dollar? What then? you could because, say and about, that's not widely uh, about cryptocurrency world. is that basically it defined its own market, and within that market, it is money sure. because within that market, everybody trades mm-hmm. it because if they weren't trading it, they wouldn't be within that market. 
There's yeah. more uh, coming up here. We'll continue. The Investopedia has a few different factors and what they consider to be properties of money. It should be fungible, durable, portable, recognizable, and should be stable. Now, like you're saying, yeah. most of the well, world's money... That's aren't nothing so, Nothing that's actually that's hits that definition. That's a definition of quality money, not yeah. a definition of money. Right. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Uh, there's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us. Has crypto been a failure? It's Free Talk Live. As inflation surpasses another 40-year high, the U.S. dollar continues to weaken. Savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver, and you can also own the most stable assets in recorded history with BullionMax.com. BullionMax.com is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. Buy direct from BullionMax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. Get BullionMax.com Silver Starter Kit at employee pricing. Just go to BullionMax.com FTL. This kit includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. Yeah. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 6160. Ian, Chris, and nobody in the studio here tonight. And I want to let you know about bullionmax.com. Maybe you're not so sure about the whole cryptocurrency thing. You want a little more of a track record when it comes to your alternatives to government monies. Well, gold and silver, it's got a hell of a track record. They've been around for generations. For thousands of years and historically gold and silver precious metals have done very well as hedges against inflation so you can go to bullionmax.com they're direct consumer precious metals retailer and they can help you get into gold and silver you can buy direct from them without talking to a salesperson and your precious metal ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast, it's easy, and Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. You can get bullionmax.com silver starter kit at employee pricing. All you have to do is go to bullionmax.com slash FTL, and you will get five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar, and more. You go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. Do keep in mind the officer's limit uh, offer is limited to one per household. So get your silver starter kit today at bullionmax.com slash FTL. Let's go to Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Uh, Sakura Blue. The incredible shrinking dollar. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, you remember last night you guys were talking about the incredible shrinking skittle. And uh, I, I talked to you off air about the incredible shrinking pound. I noticed 20 years ago, those little sacks of coffee were only like 12 and three quarter ounces. <laughs> but then it came to mind to me later, the greatest and first insult where this actually happened affected every hippie in america and was caused by the french 
Damn Damn French. I don't. All right. Well, you remember the old double-wide packs of white zigzags? Hmm. Back in the 70s, there was 100 of them. Then they went to 32. And what are they today? Are they still 32? Still 32. Okay. Still 32. Gotcha. Still zigzag has actually come out with a, uh, a hemp product that is a longer one like the French zigzags were. And uh, you know, one, a one and a quarter paper is what they call it. Mm-hmm. But I got them. I can get them down here at the corner store for a buck and a quarter for fifty. Good fifty papers in a pack. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but yeah, it's. Thanks, Major. Appreciate the call tonight, man. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, product cost cutting is happening across the board. We went over some of the recent numbers last night. Major uh, brand names cutting, in many cases, 10 15 20% of their product out of their packaging and keeping the price the same. Yeah, and if you look at stuff that hasn't, uh, they haven't been able to cut corners on, you, you'll notice it's doubled in price over the yep. last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Sure has, and some things are dropping in in quality. I I talked to a young lady last night who had to buy a uh, car battery, and last time mm. she bought a car battery, she she bought one with a five year um, guarantee, uh, partial guarantee. It's prorated at the end. Okay, but uh, but that that deal is is no longer available. Really? She couldn't find anything. Uh, with a guarantee longer than three years. Huh. Um, so companies are not backing their products like they used to. Uh, yeah, and I, I suspect, I mean, they could they could make products of, of the same quality that they made earlier, but I suspect that they had their marketing people crunch the numbers and determined that most people would, uh, if if the price got up past a certain point, most people would opt for a cheaper battery mm-hmm. uh, by choice. So they didn't. Um, so they just said, "Well, we're not going to manufacture that." The uh, poor, it turns out, he's. This is back to a story here we were sharing from the Wall Street Journal attacking cryptocurrency, saying it has failed. He says the poor. This is uh, the guy writing this. I'm giving credit. It is Greg Ip. The poor, it turns out, don't need a new currency. They need cheaper ways to use the old one. Crypto makes day-to-day transactions <laughs> more expensive, not less. How so? Where yeah. Where is this logic coming from, and how I, does he, he get there? He must be doing the new math to, to oh, come Oh, that explains it. I'm guessing he's talking about Bitcoin, which if you're just talking about Bitcoin, BTC, or Ethereum, the two top cryptos, then yeah, it mm. does make transactions more expensive, well, and that's why it sucks for poor mm, people to use although, BTC. Uh, I, I did a $3,000 crypto transaction today uh, for $0.17, cents, yeah, so it, still a lot less than it would have cost me to wire yeah, that I, money from a bank. I'm, Cheaper than a wire I'm transfer, s- yeah. I'm still a little skeptical of that, only because... I mean, you're, you, the 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 costs that you're paying if you pay with, um, you know, like a credit card are hidden from you, yes, but they're still true. being passed on to 3% you. Three percent typically right. is pretty so, common. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, this is this is kind of uh, well, but it's I, true. I think he's engaging in some voodoo economics. I'm gonna here. get I'm gonna yeah. give him credit on this one. This is a fact for for poor people. He says specifically for the poor. 
right? You're going and you make mm-hmm. a $3,000 transfer. Okay, 17 cents is nothing. But if you're that person in Africa making a dollar a day, 17 cents is very significant. And that's why Bitcoin mm-hmm. BTC sucks as a currency. Um, it well, sucks. it's certainly not as good as BCH. Yeah, or anything um, else yeah, except for Ethereum. It's, I mean, really, it's really. by comparison, right? So. Yeah. Well, and right, and by comparison, yeah. every other cryptocurrency except for Ethereum, so Bitcoin, sorry, Bitcoin mm-hmm. BTC and Ethereum tend to have pretty high fees, and that's because they have not scaled very well sure. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Bitcoin Cash or Dash or a bunch of other cryptos out there have very, mm-hmm. very low fees. Stellar, and, very, very low. And the amazing thing here is, it's not that they didn't scale. Because they didn't know how. Yeah, they didn't want they to. They didn't have the, have the algorithm. Mm. They chose not to, and uh, and and this I think is very important because yes. the one of the one of the big causes of of volatility in the crypto market, I believe, is, is the wide swings of BTC. Mm-hmm. And everything, everything tends tends to follow I track it. with that. Yeah. Um, but but the interesting thing about about BTC, it's the only cryptocurrency that's been hyped by the mainstream media. Exactly the same mainstream media that works for the bankers and the government mm-hmm. and lies and lies and lies. So why are they are they pushing these? Two particular coins that happen to be really expensive to use. And then you ask mm-hmm. yourself, why did Bitcoin choose not to scale? Well, it was a decision made by the developers. Well, what did the developers had in common? Most of the developers that were on the fail instead of scaling side, and they really did fail in 2017, which is why we had the 2017 crash, I believe, because it was taking two weeks sometimes for for BTC transactions, yeah. If to you go weren't willing through. to pay fifty bucks at the at the peak, yeah. you, you wouldn't get it for and, many and weeks. And that's completely contrary to to to, to Satoshi's vision. vision. Well, yeah. the interesting thing is, a lot of those developers had been bought up mm-hmm. by a company called Blockstream. That's right. And that's right. is am am and who I funded right? I haven't looked into this personally, but I've 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 been under the impression that among the major investors, Investors in Blockstream were companies like Visa, MasterCard, and the big banks. I have looked into it, uh, and you can actually go on Blockstream's own website, and they will tell you who their investors were. And one of them was AXA, which is a tremendously large international European bank. And another one was the Digital Currency Group, of which MasterCard is one of the members. So if you're disappointed in your BTC experience, consider the possibility... That that's by design, yes. and that you need to think outside that box. Indeed. The number 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
We're looking at the question of whether or not crypto has succeeded or failed. Some people are already claiming that it's over. They failed. 13 years was enough time to know whether or not it could accomplish its goals. And we're just throwing it on the, the trash heap now. But, of course, the reality is completely different. The reality is you can't get rid of cryptocurrency. It is not going to go away. It's not mm-hmm. going to become less popular, likely, over time, because it's just mm-hmm. getting more and more useful as more things and more concepts yeah. are developed. And the thing is, we haven't even um, cracked the surface of the use cases That's right for for Bitcoin and use cases are is it a is a fancy programmer's term for the things you can use it for. Yeah. Um, it's so early still. You after know uh thirteen years. One of the things that uh that there's all, that there's been a crying need for for a long time is the ability, especially over the internet, to do micropayments. Mm-hmm. And, and Bitcoin used to be able to do that. Yeah, BTC will never do micropayments. Uh, that's just, uh, I mean, unless they come to their senses and, but and it used change. To, it, there was a time when you could do micropayments yeah. with Bitcoin BTC, and then they ruined it. What yeah. seems like purposefully, as we were discussing yeah, they earlier, kamikaze did. with the is, bankers, basically. And that's my belief. And and that explains also, though, it. The the way they maintain the control then is by keeping the price of Bitcoin high. Mm-hmm. And as long as they can keep us thinking short-sightedly, thinking about short-term uh, profit instead of thinking of long-term technical, economic, and political gain, then they can use BTC as that shiny object just by keeping keeping the price so high, um, you know. And of course, cost to that to them of of that of and and I think they've been per, uh, periodically pumping and dumping it, which is one of the reasons that that it goes up and down so much. Yeah. Well, um, now the the downside of that for. Uh, for them is that if we play our cards right and if we uh and if we assume that that's what btc is going to be used for then basically we can suck a lot of money out of the corrupt bankers of the world and invest it in cryptocurrencies that really have technical promise for the future all right, and and on the price of Bitcoin, you mentioned that a lot of other cryptos kind of follow the price of Bitcoin, and eventually mm-hmm. we're hoping to see that stop, where other yeah. cryptos can go up and down on their own volition because the market starts to value them for what they can actually do, rather mm-hmm. than value them for number might go up. Just looking at it as this basic investment of buy low, sell high. I think you've got two mm-hmm. different groups of people in the world of crypto. You've got the originals, like people like us who came in for the principles of the idea of getting out of the state's money system and getting into something that we have control over and then you got the hookers lambos and bro and and blow bros the ones that just want to see number go up and that's all they care about they don't care about the technicals they don't care about the vision or anything like that i mean Mm -hmm. and i I think one of the things people have to remember is a lot of these cryptos they're just they're just copies of bitcoin that's That's just like Mm -hmm. tweaks to them right well Um, there's a difference between copying something and Mm -hmm. doing some slight tweaks and actually 
you know, mm-hmm. making doing some sort of really mm-hmm. innovative uh, like Monero. That's yeah, like right. Monero I mean, would be a good example of something that's more innovative. It's not just mm-hmm. a copy of Bitcoin. If if you look at the at the number of computer programs that have been written uh, in history, chances are over fifty percent of the computer programs ever written were Hello World. Okay, but but (laughs) the thing is, that doesn't say anything about the value of the other 50 percent. But and and I can say that because generally when I start a new project, whatever it is, the first thing I do is I write hello world and then I start hacking. (laughs) Um, And uh, but the uh, but but my my point there is there are some very important innovations uh out there we don't know which ones are going to be successful but the big achilles heel of crypto is power consumption now i i won't say that it's not worth it okay it's definitely worth it if we could fulfill the promise of of crypto and and pay out a trillion dollars a year when the whole world's using it um, on on energy. That would be a huge win mm-hmm. compared to what it costs us to maintain the bankers' empires. Okay, right? They cost a but lot of money for the banks. If we could accomplish the same thing and spend a quarter of that on power, that would be a much bigger win. Well, and market- some of these other companies, like uh, or some of these other coins, like Stellar, mm-hmm. have a non-proof of work um, solutions to the Byzantine generals problem. They do, and we'll see if the market ends up valuing those greater than than Bitcoin in in the long mm-hmm. run. But in the meantime, you have to also remember that even though Bitcoin, quote unquote, takes a lot of power, it's nowhere near as much power as the banking system combined. Yeah. And also, and especially if you consider that a lot of what the bankers are making money off is war financing both sides of wars and and think of the impact that has on on the environment all Mm. the wars of the world combined and also don't forget the the drive to mine bitcoin which is a what's been selling graphics cards off the shelves for years now Mm -hmm. uh the the drive to mine bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is driving innovation as far as power and efficiency is concerned to to Mm -hmm. mine this stuff so the the miners are getting more efficient every single generation they're using that power that they're Mm -hmm. given in uh in much more efficient ways so that's also helping um the the problem with that though is is the uh the way the algorithm of of bitcoin um works if you double the amount of miners you do not thereby double the um, you double the amount of work that's done correct yeah the difficulty but increases. you do not double the value of what's accomplished Okay. Yeah. Um it what what's accomplished stays at at a fixed rate. Mm. Um and that's uh and, and that just says to me that eventually people are going to come up with a more uh a more cost-effective solution to some of some of the problems that Bitcoin uh that Bitcoin solves. 
um, and and more power to them mm-hmm. because uh, or less power to them um, because they don't need as much power. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Sam Damwood in the Facebook chat says, uh, "This is the guy who said he can't spend it anywhere near here." He says, "I do very little business online because your suggestion was, well, just just spend well, you it should online. do more." Uh, he says, can't buy a gun for my neighbor with it or a quart of milk. And I said, you need new neighbors. Yeah, move yeah. to New Hampshire. <laughs> I, I don't have any guns, but I can sell you some milk. Yeah, there's all kinds of and people And a lot here. of people out here do have guns. Yeah. I'm just a felon now, yeah. so I don't. There's a lot of people here in New Hampshire who accept cryptocurrency for payment. We have the largest libertarian migration, and I would mm-hmm. say the bulk of the people that come here are interested in cryptocurrency, and those that weren't interested when they come here get interested, usually mm-hmm. because they find themselves surrounded mm-hmm. by people who are asking them, hey, do you take crypto? And mm. then eventually they're going to have to say yes if they want the business. You know, so yeah. Well, they're going to have to say yes and also... They, um, you know, when you see it in use every day, mm-hmm. that's a lot different than just knowing a bunch of hodlers. Yes. Okay. Because hodling is like the opposite of what you should be doing with with uh, with with cryptocurrency. I think you should do um, both. I think you should always have some savings, and you should mm-hmm. also always spend. If well, you can. I mean, always always having savings is is certainly good. Yeah. I or at least I've heard it is. I wouldn't know. Uh, but the uh, but but um, you know the thing is, it's 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 got to move. Yeah. Otherwise, you know? it's not useful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, best best thing you can do is find some kid who isn't doing anything and, hey, I'll give you some Bitcoin if you do this. I mean, mow the lawn or something, right? Mow, mow the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that actually brings me to the next critique from this guy who is upset because he says there's transaction fees that are too high. Bitcoin ATM fees, he says, can range from 7 to 20%. But if you get paid in Bitcoin, you're not, there's no fee on that. Yeah, and so once you get it off an exchange, don't ever send it back. There's oh. more coming up here in moments. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before ForkFest. ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. We kick off the third hour of the show. We've been dissecting a hit piece against crypto, but not just cryptocurrency, also against the so-called libertarian promise of cryptocurrency. The idea that crypto 
could take down the power structure of the banking system and empower the little guy, which is, of course, what we truly believe and about what crypto. it's actually doing. I mean, yes. there are uh, there are a lot of people who have had their material uh, circumstances completely altered. By Meaning they became quite wealthy. They become millionaires. Yeah. Um, and some mm. of them have become billionaires. Sure. You know? And if you're one of those people, think about sending a donation <laughs> to nobody because he could really use one. Well, now you can accept crypto again. Now that you are uh, sentenced after the Crypto 6 situation, you are not restricted. You are on probation, but mm-hmm. you are not restricted from doing crypto things. So how would people send you such a contribution? Well, I my my uh, if if you if you put my uh, my my QR code through a modem, it would come out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just translate that. Um, but if you can't translate that, then uh, give give it give it a little bit, and there will be a page up at invisiblehand.church that will have all of my. Okay. Various uh, payment information. So it's not there yet. It's not there okay, yet. Okay, got it. Uh, um, could they email you? Uh, yes, if you email me and at you, what address? Uh, I would send it to uh, dev at copblock dot app. D e v at copblock dot app. Yep. And you'll be supporting the next iteration of. Uh, of uh, of uh, cell four one one, which has been on verge of release for quite some time <laughs> yeah. now, and it remains on the verge of release. You're really teasing it, but but it keeps getting better yeah. as it does. You know, well the thing is, I'm a perfectionist, <laughs> and I keep moving the goalposts. Mm, perfection and, is the enemy of the complete. This is, well, it is, and and that's the thing is is I. Uh, we we were talking about the the trouble of one man bands mm-hmm. over over the speech. And my big problem with with one man bands is really when I've done when I've done the bulk of 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 getting it out. What I really need is for somebody else just to take it and polish it up and put it out while I keep working on, on the next major revision. So you need uh, somebody else to help you with the program is what you're saying. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I need other people involved and not just in, not just in, in programming. Mm-hmm. I need a web designer. I need uh, somebody to go out and yeah, actually the ask stuff. people for money. Um, I need uh, and 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 promote, um, and once it's re- I need testers, and once it's released, then we're going to need a great gang of evangelists mm-hmm. um, out there, and basically not only uh, encouraging other people to use it, but I think the best way to to do that is. Use it yourself. Be sure. on patrol mode and be be Johnny on the spot when somebody needs help. Go to getcell411.com. The website is operational. Uh, you know, like you said, you need a webmaster. I'm I'm not that guy. Like I can yeah. I can do <laughs> basic things on the web, but uh, but I'm not a very talented designer. Uh, but I did add the links to the chat rooms mm-hmm. up there. So if you go to the little menu at getcell411.com, you'll find a link to the Matrix chat. And the I think there's still a Telegram chat room. They're all they're linked to, to 
together yeah. and you can hop into one of those rooms whatever platform you prefer and mm-hmm. nobody's in there so you can say hello and yeah. say, tell them how you can help and i'm not actually in there very often but hope but hopefully other somebody there. somebody who is in there will let me know if there's somebody who, who uh who has something to contribute or or needs help? And this is a great and way that that's you the can... other thing is if you're a self for one user mm-hmm. and uh, maybe you've lost your password, maybe something isn't working for you. Uh, get in touch with me, mm-hmm. um, and eventually I'll have other people fielding email, but but now I don't. So get get in touch with me at dev at copblock dot app. Very good, and uh, I'll make it work for you. So he's, uh, again, this guy's on the attack against crypto and the libertarian vision for it. He says he's criticizing the fees. And to the extent that he criticizes the fact that transactions are more expensive with Bitcoin BTC, I agree. But he didn't say just Bitcoin BTC. He just makes an across-the-board statement that says crypto makes day-to-day transactions more expensive. And that's nonsense. And the thing is, that's... That's why it's such an interesting coincidence that the only cryptocurrency that gets talked about in the mainstream is the worst one out there. Because a lot of people are going to look at BTC and are going to say, oh, okay, this is what cryptocurrency is. I can't do microtransactions with this. This won't power my internet of things or whatever right. uh, and and walk away disappointed well there's 10,000 other projects out there and some of them will do those things that you need yeah. and uh it, yeah this just seems so manipulative to me just because it's like if you start comparing these things like i mean often they'll charge you three percent more for if you use a credit card or debit card or something like that and you know it like pretending like that, you know, people with less money don't use those things is is, is kind well, of well. They they do use those. Yeah, they things, do. So, but uh, um, but but the thing is, they shouldn't be. Yeah, they should be doing something that costs them a fraction of a penny rather than three dollars in in transactions. Well, and if more businesses gave discounts for cash and crypto and mm. charged more for paying with debit cards and credit cards you'd start to see a shift in how people pay for things yeah there's there mm-hmm. are a lot of businesses that that give discounts there's not for enough stuff. Of them. maybe not yeah, enough, not I'll, enough. G- I'll give you that not enough but there are still quite a few especially smaller businesses um a lot of them will give you a discount like many moose marts um i mean that's kind of not that's a great one example, of our but, friends though i mean th- it, there but, but it's not many. applicable just to us yeah. it's applicable to anybody who goes in there and there's others out there but that's an actual five percent discount but there's other places little zoes yeah. um gives a discount um I, again i mean that's not that's not us. That's that's other people sure. doing it. Um, I'm trying to think where else, but there's but a lot of places. Behavior. A lot of places online. There's a lot of places online that'll give you a two two percent or more discount is um, uh, for crypto or is, cash. Is that place that that used to discount Amazon.com? Yep, that still exists. Uh, Saveitpurse.com. Saveitpurse.com. Yeah. Those yep. guys that's are great. Five to thirty percent off anything on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so another straight up lie from this guy. He claims transaction charges range from a dollar seventy eight to sixty two sixty two dollars. <laughs> That's not and true. Wow, currently. that hasn't been true for a long and time. 
it I hasn't mean, been that long for Ethereum. It was never true for uh, but he was talking about Bitcoin, right? any coin except BTC. It's been true for Ethereum in recent okay, uh, Ethereum, years as well. That's true. Uh, yeah. BTC and Ethereum are the... Uh, are the two and the strange thing about that with ethereum the the big value that i see in ethereum is the ability to be a distributed computer right um but the thing is it can do that just as well on a completely different copy like on ethereum classic or or you could spin up your very own ethereum chain and 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 just do transactions very cheaply and this also overlooks the fact that you can you could you don't have to use bitcoin just because you're using cryptocurrency you can use bitcoin cash right or uh dash potentially and then you're talking about point zero 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 one so you know the idea that it's going to you know somehow cost people money is absolutely ridiculous or cost Unless more people money they're foolish um, enough to go with btc in which case it's basically when when btc is hot it's a losing proposition to use because the fees keep getting worse the higher yeah. the higher yeah. it gets yeah. Yeah. i don't Every, know everybody gets all oh i gotta do this transaction right now i gotta so do it right now it and that the, the speculation is the enemy of the actual progress oh i know is i don't know a, a single person who pays for a coke you know for a buck 50 and bitcoin Bitcoin. Bitcoin Cash, yes. Bitcoin, no. We got more coming up here. Uh, the number 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number 603-283-6160. We're talking about money, specifically the future of cryptocurrency. And has it been a failure well, according to some guy... The future's so bright, I gotta wear <laughs> According to some, <laughs> I love your term earlier, nobody, prostitute at the Wall Street Journal uh, by the name of Greg Ip. He's calling it a failure. He's saying 13 years was enough. It's over. Uh, it's mm. been a, a total failure. Of course, he's ignoring the fact that other cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin and Ethereum exist and are very effective at doing things that are useful and valuable. And the scammers who do fractional reserve have been doing it for a couple of thousand years. Yeah. So they they're not going to get any more efficient than they are right now. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts, though. We could continue that discussion. And then also, creepy bathroom monitor story still to come here. Chris has that on the way. But uh, Penguin is on the line in Virginia. Go ahead, Penguin. Uh, hey, guys. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, I wanted to call about just the um, various types of libertarianism and kind of the, t- the tensions in the so-called, you know, movement, if there really is, but, you know, the quasi movement um you know a, a lot of people derive libertarian ideas maybe it's a quasi movement where you are it's a real movement where we are <laughs> well well yeah of all places of, of course um but uh, a lot of people seem to derive their ideas from uh, very different places sometimes coming into some similar views and sometimes some very different views blah 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 if you're in anywhere in the libertarian sphere you kind of you kind of know that so when it comes down to uh, what we broadly would call like, and this is just our lingo, I guess, within liberty ideas, the maybe the left libertarians or the right wing libertarians. But specifically, when it comes down to, I have ideas that can be very much in in, in with sympathies in either direction. With the you know the 
traditionalists, conservatives, you know, religious people, but also, you know, the, the, very, the liberatory, um, emancipatory aspect of, like, you know, you know um, comprehensive liberty. But when it comes down to people, when it comes down head-to-head to people that, like, derive their libertarianism from, you know, some of the early works of Rothbard, the classical liberal traditions, the, you know, the, the older American anarchist traditions of, of, like, li- of liberty, and then, like, you know, Hoppians and, like, uh, you know, Curtis Yarvinite, you know, neo-reactionaries and monarchists and stuff, I have to every time side with the full-on liberal, the radical liberals, the the libertarian neoliberals, any of those folks. I think you're going off way off into the weeds, honestly. I mean, even as somebody who is a, a libertarian, <sighs> you're losing me, man. I don't even know half of these different uh, philosophies you're talking well, about. The, the, the Hoppians, the Hoppians. And what the, is that? The, what does that mean? Of Hans Hermann Hoppe. I know who he's talking about, but but our listeners don't, probably don't. You have to remember, well, you're, you're, you're talking to a general audience of radio listeners, so can you explain this? Well, I, I think a lot of people, if they if they encounter libertarian ideas and outside of, of, the, of that world and they do, you know, they, they do hear the word libertarian, the, you know, the first thing they think of these days maybe isn't some kind of like, I don't know, um, Goldbug or even like a Ron Paul guy or a Rothbardian, you know, dude. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, closed borders kind of race and IQ how, what makes you say what does that, that have to do with libertarianism? Well, he's I, saying most people. He's saying he well, believes they, people believe that about libertarianism, and I don't understand why that would be. Well, there well, are people who believe that because it's a convenient. Slander. It's what the left keeps slandering us with. Is hmm. they're 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 trying to associate libertarians with these right wing radical conservative hmm. gun toting southern you know uh, people. I mean, this imagine is, being so stupid you couldn't tell the difference party. between totalitarianism and not having a government. <laughs> well, they're taking over the party, and I mean, that, that, that's just like when when uh, Chase Rachels wrote that book, uh, he wrote an article: "Fascism is the a road to libertarianism." Like, there's people that really think that. I don't see this being uh, a takeover the of the Libertarian Party. I, 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 you know, I was watching. Are you talking about the Mises Caucus thing? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys are hoppy and podcasters and stuff, and those ideas are coming to represent liberty views. Okay, well, I didn't like see that. Like I, I did watch the a uh, lot of the Libertarian Party convention this year, where the Mises, so-called Mises Caucus uh, did take over the party. And from what I've seen so far, I started following the Libertarian Party uh, Twitter account just to see what sort of messaging mm-hmm. they've been putting out. And I gotta say, I really appreciate a lot of what these guys have been saying. I haven't seen any. I appreciate crazy... a lot of a lot of what they've been saying. I haven't they, seen anything they said about some stuff that was kind of sus. From okay. my point of view, well, I, I, haven't I, seen, can't, I can't remember yeah, the specifics. Like, I have not seen anything on, about on locking down Day. borders or anything like what you're talking about. Yeah, like tweeting on Martin Luther King Day that, that black people owe America and stuff, which, I mean, whatever you think about that, I mean, the optics is kind of supposed to be like, you know. Who tweeted that? that? Tweet, what did they tweet? What, what now? Uh, I, I know one, one of the prominent accounts, I, I don't know if it was LP National, I think it might have been LP National or LP New Hampshire, tweet, tweeted, that uh, on Martin Luther King's day that um, black people owe America, America doesn't owe black people, and Okay, well, first of all, you don't know who it was. So, number one, Martin Luther King Day was in January of this year, and the uh, Mises Caucus didn't take over until May. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they have, they own state affiliates. I know for sure. I can look it up. But you you that, do. There are some idiot edge lords in in the libertarian movement. Um, I I will definitely give you that. But honestly, who really cares? Because the Libertarian Party is never going to do anything of success anyway outside of perhaps New Hampshire. And even there, you know, it still doesn't win any elections. So, like, who cares? And and that's an argument. That's a a very valid argument. But I think in the the real world, they have really one of the widest voice. When it comes out, the whitest voice, the the whitest voice, the the whitest voice that represents whitest or whitest. I'm sorry. Uh, widest, widest, W-I-D-E-S. Widest, okay, got, okay. gotcha. Just want to make sure. Loudest yeah. is usually oh, the term say? people use for voices. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. as far as them being more principled rather than less, I feel like I've seen more principle out of them in the last four months than uh, than in recent years. I know personally, I was disappointed with the, the Libertarian Party years ago. I resigned uh, publicly in 2008 because I felt like they were getting away from principle and they were supposed to be the party of principle and they were supposed to communicate that principle and they weren't doing a very good job i've seen them doing a a very good job at that over the last few months in fact so good that i have rejoined the libertarian party and uh and i was happy to say that uh, even though i didn't rejoin as a life member they reinstated my old life membership which was very very nice of them uh to do so i was really happy especially when they actually endorsed the free state project for the first time in 20 years the Libertarian Party is acknowledging and not only that, endorsing the Free State Project, the idea of migrating libertarians together, something mm. the Libertarian Party has never touched with a 10-foot pole Are prior we talking to this. about the National Libertarian Party? Yes, the Party? National Libertarian oh, Party wow. has endorsed the Free State Project and they have promoted them on more than one occasion since the uh, the Mises Caucus takeover. I'm sorry. And they got Penguin. Ron Paul to come to their convention. Yeah, I, well that was the Mises Caucus that did that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Penguin, I'm sorry man, I, I gotta disagree with you completely on yeah. this. You know, um, maybe there's some a-holes out there, but there are always been libertarian yeah. a-holes and the bottom line is there it's always going to be a very diverse movement yeah. because all it requires is that y- you let the, you let the other guy do the stupid stuff he's going to do anyway and you leave him the hell alone the baseline principle if you're a libertarian and you're serious about liberty you got to get to new hampshire everywhere else you're just you're just spinning your wheels more coming up thanks Free Talk Live, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever you want to talk about. And want to let you know that there is a fundraiser afoot for a potential movie about the Crypto 6. You can go to movie.freetalklive.com. They're looking to raise uh, 60,000 euros and you can donate in dollars, I suspect, to this uh, this fundraiser. And uh, right now they're trying to put together a... There's already a trailer for this movie. They came out here. The producers are from Mexico. They came up, shot some interviews and such uh, for the, what they're calling the Ballad of the Crypto Six. And uh, they want to make it into a full documentary. They're looking to raise, again, 60 grand, which is roughly the same in euros as it is dollars these days. You can go to their GoFundMe page at movie.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, we've been talking about cryptocurrency and the latest attack against it 
by the Wall Street Journal. They're saying that it has failed as a medium of exchange. Well, not here in Keene, New Hampshire, and not down in St. Kitts and Nevis and I think uh, St. Martin. Uh, let's see, the Caracas in Venezuela. There's a bunch of places around the planet which have become cryptocurrency hubs. But how people. can you start up a bookstore and not have it be Amazon.com in 12 the next years? Day. Yeah, right. Uh, he says that today crypto is primarily used, this is again the Wall Street Journal, to trade other crypto. Here too, libertarian arguments are made for crypto's superiority over more regulated assets like equities. A stock, quote, is a government-linked entity, said Peter Thiel. Thiel said further, quote, woke companies are sort of quasi-controlled by the government in a way that Bitcoin will never be, unquote. And of course, he's absolutely right about that. You don't have to ask anyone's permission to get into cryptocurrency, and you don't have to ask anyone's permission to get out to sell some of it. Now, of course, if you go through centralized exchanges, then yes, you do have to ask permission. But if you just go to a local group of Bitcoin enthusiasts and you say, hey, I'd like to buy some Bitcoin, then somebody is probably willing to sell you some. And vice versa, if you are wanting to sell some Bitcoin, there's a good chance there's somebody out there who wants to buy. Or Monero. I saw somebody asking for a Monero trade recently in uh, one of the local crypto meetup groups here in New Hampshire, and I think they found what they were looking for. Oh yeah, they definitely. If did. I recall correctly, yeah, well, so, there was multiple people interested in that trade. Yeah, unlike the stocks and bonds market, where you have to ask permission every which way you go, and it's all tracked and it's all reported. Uh, he goes on. Brian Brooks, chief executive of Bitfury Group, a Bitcoin mining company and a former Trump-appointed bank regulator, told Congress last year, quote, unlike the IPO boom, unlike venture capital, crypto doesn't require that you know a guy or that you be well-connected or that you be an accredited investor to participate. This is a chance for underrepresented communities to be in on the wealth creation stage of some new thing as opposed to coming in at the end. And he said that is why there are, quote, more minority investors than white investors in crypto. Wait, really? Huh. That's what he said. Is he well, there's a lot of crypto in Africa. Mm. There's a lot of crypto hmm. in South, South America. America. Yep. So if he's talking globally, he's probably he's right. Probably accurate. There are, of course. Now, this is back to the and, author. And again, that the the. To, to share a to share a global currency to be in the same market with people in Africa with people in um, in uh, in South America with no barriers uh, in between that's something we haven't even begun to see the advantages of that but as it as it um, you know it's it's very likely, I think, that uh, that the crypto market will become more or less its own economy. Isn't it already? Um, well, yes, it is. It, it, there's chances are it will be a much own wider economy. spread one. And what, it has created hmm. what is it? Almost two trillion dollars in wealth. I mean, at least it was at one time two or three trillion. I think it's down a little bit mm. uh, recently out of nothing. Right. That, yeah. that came from the creation of value. They created something new that had never existed before, which is to say the technology to transfer value and, and do many other things, as you pointed out, with like the Ethereum blockchain and and uh, new concepts that never that, existed. That's why it cheeses me off so much when, you know, the, the same monsters who keep us trapped in the uh, 
in 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 the banking sector now want to regulate crypto and it's like we didn't build it for you we built it so we would have some place to trade mm-hmm. away from you and now they're trying to get in and yeah. take over now they're trying to take it over yeah i'm just going to skip past the some of his, his critiques he gets into terra and we already discussed them earlier tonight they, they were a failed algorithmic stablecoin uh, but he find, he wraps up with this he says investors including from underrepresented communities who shared in crypto's wealth creation are now sharing in its wealth destruction caveat emptor one might say except timothy massad mm-hmm. the former chairman of the commodities futures trading commission the cftc says quote we've decided that caveat emptor in the fi- financial markets is not a good way to grow markets overall financial access and inclusion needs to come with a reasonable framework of investor mm-hmm. and consumer protection and so by- in other words we're going to give lip service to economic inclusion while we regulate 99.9 of people into a situation where all they can do is get a corporate job and shut up. Yes, and that's exactly what he's calling for. He's calling for government control. He wants regulations. He wants these companies uh, to be completely under the thumb of the U.S. federal government, whether they be based in the United States or they be based halfway across the world. We've seen that recently where the uh, the feds have gone after everybody they can possibly go after now, including a mixing technology called Tornado Cash, mm-hmm. which has been added to the list of sanctions in the United States, and uh, they probably pulled the strings to have the netherlands cops arrest the program one of the programmers of tornado cash so they are going it's all time in. for for a for a national divorce because i don't want to be married to a megalomaniac who thinks he runs the world yeah absolutely uh and so in this particular story again i'll link to this over on our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com you can see the rest of it but yeah caveat emptor and i totally disagree with this bureaucrat the last thing we need is regulation there are risks involved in everything in life and that includes in getting into Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency the upside on this though is unlimited and so don't ever put in what you can't afford to lose and as long as you're not in insane and mortgaging everything you own and going all in if you are taking it easy and again only putting in what you can afford to lose then if you lose it's not the end of the world it's it's amazing that there you know there's there's every investment has a risk right and it's the idea that you can say i can't take a risk with my own money you know that's what they're trying to say i mean that's just it's the opposite of what like america stands for isn't it, it like, been. Yeah. i mean <laughs> we're supposed I, to be the land of the free mm-hmm. you know liberty and all that right mm-hmm. it, it makes me think one of the things that i've that i've been uh considering for a long time is because of this regulation thing and and the regulation seems to get easiest uh to to sell when we get close to dollars um when people are trading crypto for for dollar, I would really like to see what happens if you start a token as a membership organization. So basically, you have to be a member of this private club to use it. And then you're not trading it with the public. Mm-hmm. And maybe they won't, maybe they can't find an excuse to regulate mm-hmm. it then. I'm going to have to run that by my attorney and, and see what she says because. 
she's she's scared of everything. So if so so if I <laughs> find really something is. I can sell to her, I know it's a winner. All right, uh, we got more coming up here. Uh, apparently, somebody's been selling bathroom monitors to schools, and Chris has the story don't about that. Don't sell that it's very stuff creepy. to the pedophiles who run the schools. We are going to get into that story on the way here. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. The number is 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. Talk live moments remain. Maybe enough time for you if you call in now. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian and Chris. And Chris. And Chris. <laughs> and Nova. <laughs> Uh, you can check Chris out, by the way. He's got his own show that he does. It's called Freedom Decrypted. It happens every Saturday afternoon. Uh, starts about 5 o'clock Eastern time. And you can go to freedomdecrypted.com. You can watch it live. You can watch it later. You can subscribe to their RSS podcast as well. Uh, so it's a tech show. So if you really dig the tech aspect of things and you care about freedom, you're probably really going to like freedom decrypted tech show for prickly people uh and so from your uh extensive list of show prep of things you would talk about perhaps on freedom decrypted but you've saved for us what do you got tonight yeah this would be a a tech oriented story isn't it a tool that monitors how long kids are in the bathroom is now in a thousand american schools (laughs) whoa okay why do they want to know because they ain't nobody got time for that. This is creepy. Uh, so this is a story from Vice, and it's called apparently uh, the technology is called the E Hall Pass. Um, I don't know if it's called E. It might be E Hall Pass Monitor. I'm not entirely sure, um, okay. but it's definitely E Dash Hall Pass, and it's designed to track students' movements. Of course, it is. Which. It makes it even more creepy the way they worded it. Their bowel um, movements? Or <laughs> what kind of movements? Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear. Oh okay. Um, but, yeah. E-Hall Pass, a digital system that students have to use to request t- to leave their classroom and which takes note of how long they've been away, including to visit the bathroom, has spread into at least a thousand schools around the United States. The okay, system- public schools are child abuse, just... Just Absolutely. to mention that real quick. Get your kids out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm failing to understand, like, what, like, why would you need to, mo- or want to monitor this? Like, uh, the system. Because you get off on getting deep up in other people's business. Because they always want to know where kids are. I remember years ago, I don't even remember, it, I think I was out of the school bathroom? at this time, but at some sometime within the last 15 years or so, they introduced RFID tracking badges for all students to where the excuse was, oh, we need to know if they're in the class, we can take uh, take role. Remember back when you were in school, yeah. they might have like called names for taking role or whatever? Yeah, they didn't even do that. 
That worked fine. They did do that when I when I was in okay. school at one time. Uh, but now they will have a uh, an RFID badge that they wear every day yep. in school. And when they go into the class, then the computer will automatically know who's there and who's not. This is taking that to a, to a different level. It, it this is like. so disgusting. The, I mean, the best schools that I went to actually got you to come in instead of doing it by taking attendance. They did it by being interesting enough that you wanted to hear what they had to say. Yeah, I mean, this is this is why I've always objected to student IDs um, or li- like any kind of licensing mm-hmm. or license plates or you know driver's license, like all these 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 they're means of tracking people, and it, it doesn't end there. It all, they always extend it and extend it and extend it. And yeah, it, it may take another decade or something, but it gets creepier and creepier and creepier the more you know it goes in that direction. They You've want got to you regimented, before. homogenized, and reduced to the least common denominator. And I, I remember they they started when I was in high school. They started tracking what you bought from the cafeteria for lunch and every little meal. Like, yeah. like why do they need to know what I bought? When I was in school, everybody had a code, and then later, later years after I was out of school, they brought in fingerprint scanners for everybody to when they were at the the lunch counter. Wow, to scan in. I, it's crazy. I don't yeah. like people. You, you need a fingerprint to to How? give people garbage food. That's, that's right. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing they give you in jail. How are people not up in arms over this? I mean, like it's little, it's one little bit at a time. People just been doing it over decades. Of course, the Democrats don't even have any arms. You know, they they always say (laughs) think of the children, but like it's like, do the Democrats think of the children? Does anybody actually think of the children? Because this is messed up, kind of, uh, and there's never even a good reason for it. It's just, oh, we're gonna do this. You know, Mm. the system has. Some resemblance to the sort of worker monitoring carried out by Amazon. Oh, that's just great. <laughs> uh, which tracks how long its staff go to the toilet mm-hmm. for and is used to penalize workers for time off task. It also highlights how automated tools have led to increased surveillance of students in schools and employees in places of work. This product is just the latest in a growing number of student surveillance tools designed to allow school administrators to monitor and control students' behavior at scale and on and off campus. That That's another one. And we wonder why it is that kids sometimes freak out and shoot up the school now. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think there actually was a good, I believe it was a Supreme Court ruling on that one, and they ruled something to the effect of the schools don't have the power to discipline students for off-campus uh, behavior that isn't somehow can like directly connected to the school um but it's still but this is the this is it this is exactly the kind of disturbing stuff that that goes on um you know the other one that always bothered me was uh drug testing you know uh why why is it that public schools can drug test students just because they're involved in an after curricular activity they probably signed a piece of paper saying they would consent to it well the thing about (laughs) drug testing like uh, even even when i like i didn't get high from the time i was 18 to the time i was 40 Hmm. um and yet, every time I had three different programming jobs that wanted to drug test me, and I I turned them all down. I said, "I'm not pissing in a cup for you. They go blow. Find somebody else." And uh, and and it was just just a matter of principle. But but even I mean, if somebody is doing their job sufficiently well. That in order to find the defects of your of their work, you have to inspect their urine. 
They're doing it well enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking at the website I believe I found for this e-hall pass. It's edjuspiresolutions.org appears to be it. And it's got all kinds of quote-unquote features like contact tracing, anti-vaping support, location limits, meetup detection. So there, you want to talk about worse than prison now, these schools. They are literally saying if inmate A or student A meets up with student B, this system will be able to detect that and then you can punish them because you told them they weren't allowed to see each other when they were on school uh, campus. I I hope that a lot of kids are just going to say, screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, it says here you can stop meetups, keep certain students from meeting up regardless of where they're coming from. Location control, limit the amount of passes going to certain locations. So So each student has a pass, well, there's only two allowed in the bathroom at any given time. If you've got more than two in the bathroom, then, or one in the bathroom or whatever, you know, then, then they lock the door or whatever, and then you can only have somebody else go back. Sorry, little Jimmy, you got to piss your pants because there's somebody in the bathroom right now. Yeah. Vandalism and TikTok challenges often involve a group of students. E-Hall Pass builds stronger accountability for hall yeah, traffic. Friendships also often involve a group of yes, students. That's right. Uh, this is very scary stuff, and you're saying this is already in a thousand schools? In a thousand in U.S. States? schools, according to the story. Let's go to Jack. He's in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Jack. Um, yeah, I was hoping. I, I don't know a lot about cryptocurrency, but uh, what I thought I knew after Penguin's call, now I'm more confused than ever. Can you guys summarize kind of what he was trying to get across? Well, Penguin wasn't, he talking. wasn't talking about cryptocurrency. So oh, if, yeah, if, you were, if you were <laughs> looking at what he was saying from that perspective, that's why it confused me. No, he was talking about the Libertarian Party and yeah, the confusing the things yeah. about that. So what was, what, there's all kinds of different types, like subsections and of the Libertarian Party and... Sure, in the same way that there's different types of communists and different types of right-wingers and, you know, there's all kinds of different We've types. got three different types of libertarians right here in this room. There you go. And there's only three <laughs> of us. <laughs> that okay, then, question? Uh, the, bath- the bathrooms got brought up, and uh, I've been smoking weed since I was about 16 or so. Grew up, grew up near Humboldt County down in Oregon. Well, take a break, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the evening, honestly. I'm not okay. I love Sublime and stuff. Uh, anyway, the bathroom uh, wall heaters, are those gone now? Cause the I bathroom what? Felt like I, the heaters you push in the bathroom. The heaters? warm your hands. The, 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 the blow, uh, blow dryer? Yeah. yeah. No, those are I still around. They're still around. Some places have those still. That's funny. I've never heard them called bathroom heaters before. Yeah. But, uh, okay. <laughs> Some of those them are blow. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think heaters are warmers. No, they're still out there, and in fact, you might see more of them. And thank you, Jack, for the call. They may be, they may make a comeback if uh, you know businesses want to cut down on costs and instead of having to buy a bunch of paper towels or whatever, they just spend on the electricity, and maybe it's cheaper that way. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Out of time for tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. And be sure to tune in tomorrow for Beard Talk Live and after be the regular show. 10.30 Eastern tomorrow at video.freetalklive.com. For that, we'll remind you tomorrow as well.